You're listening to Keep It Real, a weekly show for real, soulful conversations concerning mental, physical, and spiritual health with professional athlete and entrepreneur Jarnell Stokes and psychiatrist and mental health advocate Dr. Denise McDermott. We're also joined by news reporter Kathleen O'Toole to keep us up to date with the latest in our communities and around the world. There's been a lot happening, guys. Good morning. There's been a lot happening since we last talked on Keep It Real. Good morning. Understatement that there's been a lot happening. We last recorded on Mother's Day. So, wow, I can't even believe everything that's happened. So we thought um, that it would be best to just kind of take a look back at what's happened since our very, very short hiatus um, with with just getting right to the news headlines. How's that, guys? Perfect. Sounds good. Okay. The news headlines since we last recorded an episode of Keep It Real have been coming at a fast and furious pace. The best way to take it all in seems to be a timeline of events. It was on May 25th that George Floyd was killed by a Minneapolis police officer. The 46-year-old was videotaped as he repeatedly told the arresting officer, I can't breathe. The officer presses his knee on Floyd's neck for more than eight minutes as bystanders can be heard pleading for the officer to stop. Floyd is killed. You'd be hard pressed to find an adult in the country who does not know Floyd is black, the officer white. May 26, that video begins to be viewed online. The four Minneapolis police officers at the scene are fired. The first protesters march and clash with police. Stores are looted. The mayor calls for criminal charges. May 27th, demonstrations continue. Protesters close a Los Angeles freeway. May 28th, protests and looting spread across the country. In Minnesota, the National Guard is called in. That night, a Minneapolis police precinct is abandoned and burned down. The next day, prosecutors file a third-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter charge against the former officer. May 29th, President Trump tweets that the protesters are, quote, thugs, and that, quote, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. This certainly does not quell the growing unrest. The White House is locked down and protests in Atlanta, New York, and elsewhere bring destruction. May 30th and 31st, violent protests make more headlines than peaceful ones. In several cities, demonstrators are shot with suspects unknown. June 1st, two autopsies rule George Floyd's death a homicide. President Trump threatens to deploy the military. And what some describe as peaceful protesters are forcibly cleared so he can walk to a nearby church to be photographed holding up a Bible. June 3rd, the three other former police officers who did not intervene as Floyd died are charged. The case against the first officer is upgraded to second degree murder. It's also the day former NBA player Steven Jackson, a longtime friend of George's, released video of Floyd's daughter sitting on the player's shoulders saying, Daddy changed the world. Daddy changed the world. June 4th through 6th, two Buffalo police officers are suspended and later charged after a video shows them shoving a 75-year-old protester. June 7th, there is a growing call from protesters to defund the police. June 8th, thousands of mourners pay their respects to George Floyd during a public viewing in his hometown of Houston. The same day bond is raised to $1 million for that officer charged with second degree murder and his death. June 9th, Floyd's funeral is held. 
The next day, June 10th, George Floyd's brother took to Capitol Hill to make certain his brother does indeed change the world. He testifies before House lawmakers calling for police accountability and reform. George's daughter, Gianna, is given a full scholarship to a Texas university. Jarnell and Dr. Denise, we look to you and your light and your love to help us make sense of these difficult headlines. Kathleen, thank you. I'm, I don't know, hearing all that, I, I know this is an audio show and we've done some videos, but I have like tears in my eyes. So just, there's just, it's so heavy. Jarnell, where are you at with just even hearing all that and just everything? How are you feeling? Yeah, it's a lot to take in. It's very, very hard times. I mean, I'm one of those people that I would say I would think more on the enlightened side, and I try to see through a lot of things. So I'm really looking forward to diving in. It's a pretty tough conversation to have. Yeah. And I think one of the most important things is that I feel like this is a reflection, and I I just want to, in, in the last few weeks, I've done some other shows on my show and I've like honored this, but Jarnell and I and Kathleen, you know, we're here and I just think I want to just offer my deepest condolences to George Floyd's family, his daughter, his brother and his whole family. But really this is about a greater, a greater community. And I want to just offer so much love and hope that we're going to kind of go into the suffering and just like kind of march straight into it and change things. And I think that's what this, this show we want to really look at like not only does this this situation mean so much but humanity is really really hurting right now mm-hmm. one thousand percent i see someone like george floyd as a uh sacrifice i mean personally i've uh, looked into his background and i don't like everything that i saw but it's uh like you said much bigger it's an ability for an entire society to understand each other and evolve. It can go two ways though, you know? So that's why it's important for us to have this show and have different opinions, um, controversial topics. I think these are conversations that need to be had. Yeah, and I think the important thing to remember too, just about you and I, Jarnell and Kathleen, I know that you just brought in the news amazing and that you are in this today, you're gonna be bringing in the news and jumping off, right? right. So do you wanna, is there anything else you wanna say? Because we're like, first of all, thank you. I could not have imagined someone just summarizing it. You really, really helped all of us to kind of get up to date and just take it all in. So I really appreciate that. I just, in these headlines, there's just so much heartbreak. There are so many people heartbroken. And the other thing I also, thought of in putting together these headlines that it wasn't able, you know, I had to keep them short, but to portray, there is so much coming together in communities across the nation. And, and we've seen it across the world, people coming together to make a stand. And, you know, that, that can, that can lift us up in, in what is a dark time. So it, it's, it was difficult putting these headlines together. In fact, you know, th this weighs heavy on people who are conscious and caring and to see all this is, is you know, in, indeed upsetting. Yeah. So Jarnell, mm -hmm. you and I were waiting for, you know, the ability to record again and jump on due to technical issues, but you and I have been super active 
we both have um, had our own way of processing this. And this actually is something we can talk about because when humanity is hurting, how do we actually take steps towards healing? And I think that a lot of the headlines actually integrated and included things that people are trying to do, action items. Because I think when someone, um, when this happens, whether it's COVID, whether it's a murder, um, we have to have ways to take in how we're feeling, but then we have to figure out what to do next and how do we heal. And we talked about ancestral healing. So do you want to share some of your experience with protests? or And also, you know, you're from the, the South. I'm from the North. I think that's also really important because a lot of times um, people, we, we all have different perceptions, no matter what our skin color is, we have different upbringings, right? So we have different mm -hmm. perspectives we bring into when we hear the news and when mm -hmm. we go to a protest. So do you want to share like what, how you've been feeling and what you've been actively doing? Yeah. Uh, personally, I've uh, decided that uh, basketball at this very second is not the most important thing in my life right now. I uh, see a lot going on in the world and just being, bas being in basketball is closed. That's somewhat helped me have time to do other things uh, such as uh, being able to uh, sell a script or and create a book series where um, black characters are um, used in a good light as opposed to the ones who are uh, paid on TV. Um, I've also been wait, able wait, wait. to... Before, wait, before you do uh, that, isn't the name of the script Breaking the Cycle? Yep. So are uh, you kidding me? I'm getting chills. Yeah. Breaking the Cycle, everyone. Jarnell <laughs> had already had this vision of sharing... And maybe I know that it's new and you don't want to share. Maybe you want to like let us all wait no, to hear okay. about it. But I mean, Jarnell already was in this process of sharing stories of, you know, kind of real life situations and violence and different generations. And so his mind, his thoughts and everything that's leading up to this exact moment we're recording the show has to do with ancestral healing, has to do with looking at the suffering has to do with how do we kind of have discussions about systemic oppression. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that, you know, we can say, Oh, Jarnell sold a script, but no, I I'm here with you. Yes. Congratulations. Yay. But it's really about what the vibrational frequency is of your intention. Mm -hmm. And that is why we're sitting here together because I respect your mind. I respect your heart. I respect your soul. And that's why you and I are very fortunate to be having this discussion and the way you and I both met. I've been on a similar journey, but congratulations for that, for that script. And then I'll let you Thank keep you. going. Thank you Thank for you. It being was you. All, yeah, it was all a vision that I had two or three years ago. And I didn't know this vision was going to come true. That's, you know, the psychic part of it that I really don't understand. Um, some things that I wrote, like in the first 10 pages, the people rebelled against the mayor because he called a uh, curfew on an unjust case and the people started to riot and then you go into each and every family from there but um so it was perfect timing yeah so weird. so i know actually what i want to say because we're going to be integrating i'm uh passionate about bridging science spirituality and psychiatry and mm -hmm. we all have different levels of awareness 
And the way I understand the universe is that we have, we've always thought of in terms of material science. Now there's also post-material, there's Newtonian and quantum. So when Jarnal just mentioned psychic, I like to even go and then use the word aware. We all have different mm, levels yeah. of awareness because the word awareness is more neutral. Psychic, my, my office mates are practicing psychics. We're going to have her on the show. But we, she and I, before she even shared the office, she's like, Denise, you are more psychic than me. And I'm like, okay, let's just use the word awareness. <laughs> Because we're <laughs> yeah. not like, do, do, like do, do. And then mm -hmm. we talk about visionary. Like, look at Elon Musk. Look at people who um, predict things or they're visionaries. And we can have a whole show on this. But what I want to say is Jarnell's script, he was in alignment. He had attunement. And when I met you, the very first time I met you, Jay, was in, um, it was in 2018. I met you via phone in 2017 before you we went to China. We did a podcast together. We were aligned with uh, paying it forward and altruism and helping children, both of us. and Great we, podcast. Right? We also <laughs> thought of like, we wanted we wanted to bring up topics way back in 2017. That, that was literally my first time as an athlete being able to discuss the things that we talked about. And I forever am thankful for, for you for being able and understanding, you know, the situation and, and how, you know, us athletes would love for more people to love us for our minds and who we are as opposed to um, our culture and our skills. Oh, wow. I need to learn how to yeah, take that compliment. <laughs> I'm like actually getting chills. Yeah, because we talked about your passion about the way at the time you had been injured. In one minute, mm -hmm. they, you know, you're this big, strong, power forward where everyone's like, where is he going to play next? Then the next minute, they're just like, okay, you got an injury, you know, pack your bags, right? Yep. And I met you at a time where you were in a huge spiritual growth of using mindfulness, good nutrition, reading books, reconnecting with who am I now if basketball's not there. And so mm -hmm. I really kind of, I think it's all like in divine timing the way we met, Jarnal, now that we look back, right? Yeah, most definitely. And I think we have great things to come. Uh, ahead and with that being said I, I feel as if uh, just being able to um, write something that has really uh, helped so many people already just a few people who've read it I mean I've executives in Warner Brothers in tears you know and then I have to go through the process of fighting for my um, creative rights but and then I, I wake up to a tweet well i'll go to sleep to a tweet last night that my favorite writer jazz who uh, wrote this is us uh, one of my favorite shows that inspired uh, me to um, continue writing and that showed that you can change the world through a script i wake up to her death and um I, w I go to sleep to her death and i'm not able to go to sleep so on healing a guy like me who's an empath I'm not able to uh, really escape because I live in this world. I, I live in history. I'm well aware of social justice and everything that's going on around the world. So everyone who has their attention on it now, this is where I live. This mm -hmm. is you know, my actual um, state of being. And this is sometimes why it's uh, hard to conceptualize. Um, oh. Sometimes I'm able to you know, do better, but there's a certain feeling that's going on inside of me right now. And, and I feel as if it's that in a society is evolving past a system. 
And we have uh, so many great people in the world. Few are evil and trying to uh, hold it back. But with that being said, I want to make sure I'm on the good side and uh, making sure I'm uh, healing. I uh, put my phone away at night and in the morning, and that still doesn't help. You know, I can't escape my mind. So I'm not sure. I'm actually curious. How do you heal during a time like this, Denise? Because I struggle. Wow. I'm so glad you asked that. It's really unbelievable. So Dr. Andrea Best and I, who you and I will have on the show and I've introduced you to, she's a beautiful black woman that I train with um, at UCLA. We're both adult and child psychiatrists. And to your point, and I'm going to answer your question, she and I got together in the last few weeks and the shows have launched. And one of the topics that we came up with is where are you? She said to me on her first show, where am I safe as a black woman? And she went through and took us through all the time she moved and her kids. And then it's, she exactly said, I realized that a sense of safety comes within my own mind and I have to have peace of mind, which speaks to your point. Right. And so how do I do it? You know, I have to tell you, Jarnell, when you, we got a message right before we recorded the show that you were mourning the loss of jazz. So I want to pause and just say to jazz's family and everything she's ever done with this is us and just who she is as a soul. Oh my goodness. I want to send love. So what I do, Jarnell, is when I hear something like the passing of Uh, or the murder of George Floyd. I made myself watch the video like twice because I wanted to go into the suffering and I wanted to look at it and think, oh my goodness, that poor man. And then also what's happening. So one of the things I do, whether it's a text that I get or a patient suffering, and even kind of I'll go through even the last 72 hours for me, in the last 72 hours, my own life was threatened. Uh, At the end of my birthday weekend, yeah, my oh. my life and what? my life and other women via text, and I don't want to go into too much details, but so let's just put it this way: I think society's heightened, and there I had. So let me just tell you: when you 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 picking up your phone and looking at all that, are you having a friend that was murdered? Because I we like the things we've dealt with. So me as a doctor, an adult and child psychiatrist, and a mother and healer. I've had patients in the last month, you know, of course, want to kill themselves. I've I've had my own, like a text that alluded to, you know, we're going to fuck you up and take you out with a nine millimeter. And then in the last 72 hours, I've had like three different emergencies, people relapsing on substances and wanting to kill themselves. So you ask a really good point. How do I keep calm? Right. Uh So first of all, your idea of putting your phone down sounds great, but we always have to lift it up. So we still have to deal with the stressors that are coming at us. I really integrate a practice of like, you just heard me like take a deep breath. Uh So I have to like hit reset all the time throughout my day. And I do it. And then I, I know that there's really everything's energy. So if my feelings are sad or angry, or fearful, or rageful, or worried, I pay attention with mindful awareness. I have a practice of mindfulness that includes like moving meditations with workouts and meditation. So that allows me to be more aware of my feelings. 
And then what I do is I say, okay, Denise, do you need a break? Do you need to um, move your patient day? When that other threat happened, I had to move half my patient day. And I just focused on having the police come over. I contacted the FBI. I got all the women rallied. And so I felt like I did everything I could from safety. So let's talk about crisis. Everything in life is a series of crisis, stabilization, and thrive. So I'm giving a tangible example. So once I knew everything I could do from safety was okay, my own heart rate started getting feeling more like calm. And then I got to the place of stability. I looked at my whole day and I thought, which patients could I move to later? Do I need to cancel my day? I'm like, no, you don't need to cancel your day. Then I was like, should you, what workout are you going to do today? Oh, you're going to do your cardio later. Oh, so I kind of did a integrative, like what I would say is an integrative holistic approach of looking at my nutrition, looking at my sleep, looking at everything I can, my meditation to actually get myself to be calm so that I don't just stay in this constant state of stress where your cortisol levels just through the roof. Same thing with the news. When Kathleen just gave all those news headlines, I don't know about you, but when I hear the things about murder or when I hear things, I go to the almost, I almost like travel the way my um, levels of awareness are is I'm an empath as well. So I tune in and I can feel other people's feelings. And so I, so what I also do to not take it on um, is I sometimes imagine like a white light around myself or I imagine a waterfall buffer. And then there's a, a tip that Jennifer Schaefer, um, my office mate in um, high level intuitive, we talked about in one of the shows is that one of the questions you ask yourself, Jarnell, when you're feeling a bunch of feelings all at once is you ask yourself three times, who does this belong to? So then you can delineate, is it my own feelings or am I tagging off of maybe watching a murder and I'm there feeling what George felt? I mean, I know you're not physically there, but if you're a high level empath, like sometimes you can just feel all the feelings at once. And then you take on not only your own feelings, but someone else's. So then you have to create some boundaries. So I hope these are some good tips to tell you like how I cope. Yeah, that great tips because I feel like it's so important for you to uh, win your mind and guard your heart from hate during these terrible times. So uh, before I go to war, I try to, um, you know, meditate and conceptualize the day. But then you get hit with crazy stuff like today, which is um, I could so see myself and like you said, a black woman uh, living in this world of really any human who's trying to do good in the world you know where are you safe coming up in the next episode of keep it real i'm starting to realize that it's a matter of good and evil that's always been fighting this war against an oppressive system and more people are waking up of course